you guys. It's me, Wenny, from before. If you want to spend more time with me and goons, come on over to our Patreon, where you can hang out with us on Discord, read our super secret backstories, watch behind-the-scenes stuff, and hear Goon Talk, our Patreon-exclusive talk show podcast. Me and Tally Ho will meet you there. And now, a word from our sponsor. Modern Artifice. Just another day in New Dice City, a metropolis mired in corruption and crime. Can a new hero roll out to save the innocent? Give me all your dice. Oh, someone help me, please. Stop right there. Who are you supposed to be? Dice Master. Before you hurt that innocent citizen, I'll have to ask you for a robbery check. Should dice roll? Oh, no. A natural one. Looks like you really crit the bet on this one. Kablow. You saved me, Dice Master. How do you do it? I get all my dice from Modern Artifice. Their high-end stylized dice sets give me everything I need to keep rolling smoothly. So head on over to Etsy.com slash shop slash Modern Artifice and fill up your utility belt today. Another day save thanks to Modern Artifice. Use our discount code GOON10 at checkout for 10% off your order. Modern Artifice for your one-stop shop for magical merchandise and nerdy novelties. Hello Dungeoneers. It's me, Trevor, the Critical Fail DM. Thank you for joining us for our Curse of Strahd podcast. A Strahdcast, if you will. We decided to embark on this project after the incredible reception we got from all of you on our TikTok videos. What you're about to hear is a full recap to get you all caught up and ready to dive into the first episode of the podcast. If you like what you hear and want to directly support our goon shenanigans, you can go to patreon.com slash criticalfaildm and subscribe at any tier. Thanks, Dungeoneers, and take your day with advantage. If you've been enjoying what we do on any of the podcasting platforms, be sure to leave us a review. It really helps us out and gives us advantage on our wisdom-saving throws against the almighty algorithm. Now that our Call of Cthulhu mini-campaign, Madness and Mercy, has come to its thrilling conclusion, you can binge all the episodes on our YouTube channel today. Close your eyes. Take a deep breath. Shuffle off this mortal coil and transport yourselves to the far, foggy realm of Barovia. Troubled has been your sleep of late, plagued by dark shapes and cold mist. So persistent are the nightmares, you begin to dread sleep. Dread closing your eyes and opening them somewhere else, for always it is there. The castle, looming high on a hill, surrounded by fog and fear. Lightning flashes and illuminates the face of an old woman, wrinkled and stooped, head draped in elaborate silks. A great destiny awaits you, along with an even greater foe. Seek the blind one. He will lead you to me, and I will tell you of your fate. So it was that our heroes awoke, finding themselves in possession of a strange 
playing card. Shaking off the haunting dream, they set about their day, though it was to be anything but a normal one. Five there were. Drogar, a 528-year-old dragonborn cleric, just sitting down to enjoy a hot bowl of porridge. Mmm, my favorite meal of the day. Leaning over to take a bite, he was distracted by a young halfling girl in dirty knee-high socks and a tattered school uniform stumbling through the door. This was Winnie, recently escaped from her school. I'm Winnie. The two took a liking to each other instantly, and soon afterwards were joined by Artemis, a half-elven ranger and folk hero who had come to the tavern looking for some breakfast for Sasha, his Black Panther animal companion. Hello, friend. Kaz, a half-orc barbarian and sailor recently put into shore, kept a watchful eye over this gathering party from her spot at the bar. Um, hi. All turned their heads when Callister, an Isamar rogue, stumbled back in through the tavern door after spending the night in the alley right outside. <sighs> Good eye, mates. The five may very well have gone about their separate tasks, but the topic of the playing cards was raised. All had experienced the same dreams, and all had been told of their strange destiny. To seek the blind one. As it happened, word came to them of a rowdy group of traveling strangers set up on the edge of town, led by a curious old blind man. Curious? The newly formed party set off. Reaching the edge of town, they found a band of traveling Vistani in their revels. The party was quickly swept up into the festive spirit, joining the Vistani for a bit of dancing and drink. It was then that the Blind One made himself known. Stanimir was his name, and though blind, it was clear to the party that he saw much. Jocular and charming, he told the party the tale of his people's woe. They were from a faraway land, and their lord had lost his way and fallen into darkness and despair. Long have they searched for heroes that would travel with them back to their home and aid their woe-begotten lord, whether it was the dreams, the drink, or some other purpose that drove them, the party agreed. Yes, my friends, we will aid you. Stanimir raised a toast to the new heroes, but as the party drank the wine he had provided, the world began to swirl and sleep overcame them. The last thing they heard was Stanimir's voice. I am truly sorry, my friends. When they awoke, they were no longer by the edge of town. And in fact, they were nowhere any of the party recognized. The sky was a blanket of cold fog, and gnarled trees reached up to nearly enclose the sodden dirt road on which they lay. Confused, angry, scared, and determined, the party set off along the road to learn more of what had happened and where they were. Traveling along the road, the party learned from an ornery carrot farmer that they were not in Kansas anymore, but the strange realm of Barovia, and a village bearing the same name lay just ahead. Eager to be out of the cold, wet fog, the party made their way to the village. 
Arriving in the village of Barovia, the party found it perhaps a more foreboding sight than they were hoping for. The whole village was drowned in the shadow of an ominous castle high up on a hill. The same castle, the party realized, that had haunted their dreams. Walking the muddy streets, the party was met by suspicious and fearful looks from the dour residents. The only outspoken person in the village seemed to be an old crone by the name of Morgantha. She sold a treat she called dream pastries, which none but Kaz were brave enough to try. When asked what the pastries were made of, she simply replied, Why, dreams, of course! Seeking shelter, the party made their way to a local tavern, and it was here they made their first of many fateful encounters. Drogar was approached by a young man, short and homely. He wore the unmistakable lines of anxiety splashed across his face. He introduced himself as Ismark, and he had a proposition for the party. Pardon me, and uh, um, I, I do hope I don't overstep, but... I cannot help but notice you are all exceptionally well-armed. You wouldn't happen to be those of a, um, mercenary persuasion? Ismark explained that his father, the burgomaster of the village, had recently passed, and he no longer felt the village was safe for his younger sister, Irina. I, I don't wonder if you would be willing to act as an armed escort. The roads are not safe. And I want to try to get Irina to Valaki. It is far more fortified. Delighted, Ismark took them to meet Irina. On the way, they came across a townhouse with somber wails echoing from inside. Winnie decided to investigate, and so the party met Mad Mary, sick with grief. Her daughter, Gertruda, had recently run away, and she was desperate to find her, but too afraid to leave her house. The party agreed that if they could find her, they would return her home. Artemis, investigating the house, found tracks leading off towards the northwest, towards the castle. An adventure for another day, the party agreed. Coming to Ismark's townhouse, the party met Irina. Beautiful and fiery, she made a strong first impression, and though she too was eager to leave this place behind, she refused to leave until their father was laid to rest in the church, as was his wish. Ismark was hesitant, as no one had gone to the church in some time, and many in the village now believed it cursed, as ghastly wailing could sometimes be heard coming from its undercroft. Seeing the determination in her eyes, the party sided with Irina, and they went off to the church. It was here the party faced their first real test, as in the church's undercroft, they found the source of the wailing. Was that, was that, was that you? The priest's son. I smell you. I smell your blood. Turned into a monstrous vampire spawn, falling from the ceiling yeah! and sinking his fangs deep into Kaz's throat. He cried out with hunger in his eyes. Rip and tear, just like the master taught me. It was a brutal first combat for our heroes, with little Winnie nearly falling. Luckily, they prevailed, 
with Drogar sending the fiend back to the depths with you. With the church cleared and Ismark and Irina's father laid to rest, the party set out for Velaki. Along the way, they came to another Vistani camp, and it was here at last they found the woman who had spoken to them in their dreams, the mysterious and wizened Madame Ava. She told the party they were not here by chance. Destiny had much in store for them, and they had been fated to come here their whole lives. It was then she revealed the faces of their playing cards, which they had awoken with that fateful morning. The cards would provide insight into what Barovia held in store for each. For Kaz, the Berserkur, ancient blood runs thin in the mountains. Will your strength be enough to bring back theirs? For Artemis, the druid, long have you found your own way through forest and over hill. But can you guide others as well? For Drogar, the paladin, you walk in the light, yet here no light shines. All that cuts the air here is fog and ghosts. Will you give them their rest? For Winnie, the shepherd, one who must protect their flock. But who will protect the flock when the shepherd grows hungry? For Callister, the Avenger. Scars of the flesh fade, but scars on the heart live as we do. It was also here that the party learned of Strahd von Zarovich, the master of the castle and this land. If they ever wanted to return home, they would need to defeat him first, as he held all souls in Barovia trapped under his spell. Afraid, but instilled with new purpose, party carried on to get Ismark and Irina to safety. Has this ever happened to you? Oh, my organs! Sounds like you need a dice trick. Our sponsor, C4 Labs, is the place to get TTRPG accessories for any type of gamer. From dice towers to trays, coasters to computer cases, C4 Labs has what you need. Check out these testimonials from actual goons. As a Valentine's baby, I got the love of my dice, Valentine's Dice Tray. Now life really is like a box of chocolates, and I always know what I'm going to get. It's dice! <laughs> As a man who knows his wood, their walnut-top drink coasters with built-in dice holders drives me wall nuts! But that's not all. For added spooky fun, C4 Labs also has a plethora of Call of Cthulhu-themed accessories. Here's 
Kay, our resident keeper of arcane lore, to tell you all about it. I got the Cthulhu dice tray with matching dice tower. They whisper the secrets of the universe to me while I sleep. So head on over to c4labs.com today and use our special coupon code GOON15 at checkout for a 15% discount code. <laughs> Please head on your order. That's G-O-O-N-15 for 15% off your order. C4 Lab. Quality craftsmanship for quality gameplay. After a long journey along the old Svalich Road, the party finally made it to Velaki. Seeking shelter at the Blue Water Inn, the party met many colorful new characters. Danica, the sharp-eyed and wise tavern owner, and her husband, Erwin, the cook. Their two young boys, Brahm and Bray, weaved their way around the tavern floor and became fast friends with young Winnie. They also met the flamboyant and well-spoken Rictavio, a half-elven bard who made a haunt of the inn. His outspoken nature chafed Drogar and Callister, but the rest seemed to like him all right. After all this excitement, the party finally bedded down for what they hoped would be a peaceful night's rest, the first since arriving in the valley. Unfortunately, Barovia had more in store for them awakened by a blood-curdling scream. <gasps> the party rushed to Irina's room, where they found her, white as a sheet, pointing towards the window. Winnie and Drogar rushed to her side. Winnie asked through tears, What is it, Irina? I saw him. He was at the window, his red eyes piercing right through me. It was Strahd. He held out his hand and said, It's time to come home. Though they searched, the party could find no trace of anyone, but they believed their friend. Unfortunately, so did Erwin. Distressed at the danger she posed to his family if Strahd was after her, Erwin demanded that Irina leave the tavern. But luckily, the party, with the aid of Rictavio, was able to calm Erwin down. Ismark and Irina needed somewhere to stay, and Erwin agreed to let her if the party would travel to the Wizard of the Wines and inquire about the late shipments of wine he was waiting for. Disaster averted, the party planned to set out the next day for the winery with Irina and Ismark in tow. Before doing so, however, they made a few more stops in Velaki and met a few more allies. Drogar spoke to Father Petrovich at the Church of St. Andrews, who was distressed at the recent theft of sacred bones that hallowed the church. Without them, the church was not protected against the dark powers as it usually was. A man of the light himself, Drogar promised to investigate. The list of tasks was starting to grow rather long for our new heroes. At the church, they also met Vasily van Holt, a dark-haired, well-aged gentleman. Vasily, though not officially in charge of the city, as that duty fell to the burgomaster and baron, seemed to operate as the town fixer, the one people would go to when they actually needed things done. Drogar asked him about the bones, but unfortunately, Vasily had no new information. He promised he would keep his ear to the ground, however. Finally on the road to the winery, the party passed the time getting to know each other better, as well as Ismark and Irina. Irina and Winnie grew closer, with Irina beginning to affectionately refer to her as little sister. 
Artemis began to teach Irina how to use a bow, which she took to quite naturally, and Kaz began to teach Ismark how to fight with a sword, though with more, shall we say, mixed results. At long last, the party grew close to the Wizard of the Wines winery. However, before they could reach the winery proper, they were approached by a strange cloaked figure who beckoned them into the woods off of the road. Following, our heroes found a small encampment hidden in the woods. There, they met Davian Mardikov, Erwin's father and the patriarch of the Mardikov clan, who told them the reason for the shipment's delay. Those damned druids from Yesterhill. They attacked and drove us from our home. If we can't get it back, then I'm afraid my son will be waiting quite a long time for his wine. The party knew what they had to do. Readying themselves for battle, they made their way to the winery. Arriving, they found it quiet. Too quiet. Forsaking the road leading directly up to the front door, the party gave the winery a wide berth and investigated further. Moving through the grapevines, however, the party was ambushed by an army of twig blights, and druids from the winery soon joined the fray. The battle was a close thing, but thanks to Drogar's flame breath, <gasps> Winnie's healing, Kaz's constitution, Artemis's ensnaring strikes, and Callister unleashing his Isamar form. They made it through, just barely. And so the winery was saved. And Davian made just the slightest bit less cantankerous. The job was far from over, however. Though the winery was saved, the magic gemstones the Mardikovs used to grow grapes were all stolen by nefarious parties all across the valley. Without the grapes, the winery would do them little good. Without those gemstones, there will be no wine, and the people of Barovia will never know hope again. One was taken by the druids back to their lair on Yester Hill. Another taken by Babalisaga, the witch that haunts the old ruins of Berez. The last, well... You'll have to ask my idiot son about that one. Find them. Return them to us. Oh, and, uh, try not to die. Heading back to Barovia with the last few barrels of wine, the party arrived back to Velaki with a hero's welcome. The barrels were popped, and the blue water saw quite the celebration that night. Drink the wine till the cup runs dry And kiss the girls so they'll not cry Then toss the dice until we fly To dance with Jack of the Shadows The next day, the party took care of some business about town. They met the town armorer, Embry, a quirky fellow to say the least. What are you, some kind of lizard? Callister had a tense run-in with Isaac Strasny, the burgomaster's enforcer. I am charged with keeping sedition down. And you know what, mate? I'd say you're doing a hell of a job. Drogar investigated the missing bones, but found nothing but dead ends. And the party attended a luncheon with the Burgermaster himself, a hubristic and paranoid man 
The burgomaster asked the party to investigate Lady Fiona Wachter, his chief political rival, whom he believed was plotting against him, to which the party gave an eager maybe. He also asked them to be his guest of honor at the Festival of the Blazing Sun the next day, to which they begrudgingly agreed. The next day, the Festival of the Blazing Sun was anything but. The sky was covered in dark, threatening clouds, making Barovia even less cheery than it usually was. What was worse, when the enormous wicker effigy of the sun was set alight, the sky opened up and a freak rainstorm washed away the pitiful embers that had begun to spark. Drogar stepped up, however, and used his dragon breath to stoke the fire. And so powerful was his gout of flame that it overcame the rain and set the effigy alight, turning a dour affair into a truly inspiring one. The boost in morale throughout the town was palpable. Even more good news, Vasily found Drogar and said he thought he knew where the bones were hidden. According to his investigation, they were buried under a bridge at a nearby river crossing. Excited, the party set off at once. Coming to the river, the party went below the bridge and found a number of recently dug piles of earth along the riverbank. The gems must have been buried in one of the piles, the party thought to themselves, and they began to dig. What they found, however, were corpses, desiccated and rotting. The party paused there by the river. Something didn't feel right. Was Vasily so misled, or was something more sinister afoot? As they stood there, perplexed, suddenly, rotting hands shot out towards them. The corpses began to rise out of their graves and shamble towards the heroes. A zombie attack! The party dispatched the monsters with relative ease, but tension arose as Callister, half-celestial, observed Drogar using his necrotic magics for the first time. That ain't right. That ain't natural, and it sure as hell ain't of the light. Ultimately, they couldn't shake the feeling that something was very wrong. Dismayed, they set off back to Velaki. Unfortunately, their fears were realized all too soon. As they drew back to the city, they found the dark night sky set ablaze with orange lights as fire raged within. Screams of horror echoed through the sky. The party rushed as quickly as they could towards the city and found themselves before the church of St. Andrews set ablaze with three vampire spawn dancing and murdering the fleeing townsfolk wantonly. The three spawn came into view, finely furnished with cruel coldness in their eyes. They revealed themselves to be Strahd's brides, Lumilla, Anastraya, and Valenta. They jeered and taunted the party. Hello, my name is Anastraya. I'm here to kill you. For our heroes, there was only one thing to do. They began to battle the three wayward wives. Up until this point, things had gone rather well for the party. There were close scrapes, to be sure, 
but they had always triumphed. It was here they got a taste of the true horrors Barovia could serve. The party was no match for the brides, with Artemis nearly falling to his death. And at the crack of doom, just when it seemed like things couldn't possibly get any worse, of course, they did. As Anastraya was about to land the killing blow on Artemis, a voice rang out like a thunderclap, halting her strike. Enough! The party finally met their nemesis. Strahd revealed himself at last, appearing in a flash of lightning in immaculate dress. Strahd taunted the bloodied and bruised heroes. But really, I should not be so cruel, he said with ruthless mirth. After all, I owe you a great favor. For it was you, brave heroes, that led me to what I have sought for so long. It was you who introduced me to my new blushing bride-to-be. With a snap of his fingers, the party looked on in horror as Irina was summoned to the field in a cloud of bats. As I said, my darling, it is time for you at long last to come home. Unless, of course... One of your friends thinks they can stop us, Strahd said. What say you heroes? A duel, single combat for the honor of Irina's company. Are any of you brave enough to challenge me? Before anyone else could volunteer, Drogar stepped forward. The old soldier, Strahd jeered. Off to battle one last time. I fear not. The light will protect me, said Drogar defiantly. Strahd just laughed. (laughs) You are in Barovia, cleric. My realm. I am your god here. Shall we dance? And with that, the battle began. Drogar fought bravely but it quickly became apparent that he was no match for the Count alone. Enraged and unwilling to watch idly as her compatriot died, Kaz rushed forward, breaking the terms of the duel. But even with the two of them, Strahd was still the stronger. Raining blow after blow down upon her, Strahd jeered, playing with his food. Such strength I see in you, Kaz, but how much will it take to break you down? Ripping Cactus, Kaz's greatsword right out of her hands, he shattered it across his knee and delivered a blow that sent her reeling and sprawling to the ground. Strahd stepped forward to deliver the killing blow. But Kaz, half-stunned and delirious, uttered, You're a really good dancer. This jape so tickled the Count that he decided to let Kaz live and spare Drogar as well. It seems I have won this round, heroes. But I do look forward to when next we meet. And with that, he vanished. Along with Irina. 
Devastated and utterly defeated, the party made their way, with tails between legs, back to the Blue Water Inn. As much of a toll as the evening had been, it still held one more surprise for the party. Rictavio approached them. I haven't been completely honest with the Lodiers. And considering recent developments, I think it best we be as upfront with each other as possible. Follow me. The party followed Rictavio to his private rooms. Though I'm sure it'll come as quite the disappointment, this handsome, charming, roguish half-elf you've come to know is not my true self. My name, my true name, is Rudolf van Richten, and I am here to kill vampires. The party stood stunned, having seen Rictavio remove his fine feathered hat and transform from the roguish half-elf they knew to a wizened old man. The next day, with new allies and new determination, the party set out to find Vasily and get to the bottom of at least one mystery. Callister sets off following a new lead, apprehending the coffin maker and finding the stolen bones just a little too late. Joining the rest of the party and barging into Vasily's townhouse, the party finds it completely empty, with a fine layer of dust covering everything. No one had lived here for a very long time. All that was there was an ornate set of armor with a golden dragon set into the breastplate. Investigating closer, it sprung to life and attacked, striking Drogar with a tremendous bolt of lightning. The party, however, was able to defeat the animated armor. A trap, perhaps? In any event, one thing was clear. The party had been deceived. And that, dear listeners, is where we find them when our podcast begins. The Critical Fail DM Strodcast features Dan Eisen as Callister, Ned Price Iannacone as Drogar, Campbell O'Hare as Winnie, Kay Divine Jones as Kaz, Tyler Cantor as Artemis, and me, Trevor William Fail, as your DM. The podcast is edited and designed by Dan Eisen. Curse of Strahd and its original characters are the creative property of Wizards of the Coast. To tide you over between episodes, check us out on TikTok, Twitch, YouTube, Etsy, and Twitter at CriticalFailDM. That's Critical F-A-Y-L-E-D-M. If you like what we do here and want to support us directly, you can go to patreon.com slash criticalfaildm and subscribe starting at just $5 a month. Or check out our merch on our Etsy store. If you aren't quite ready to support us financially, that's okay. Rating and leaving a review on our Apple podcast, subscribing to our YouTube, or following us on Twitch are all great ways to help us out. Thanks, Dungeoneers. Take your day with advantage.